As monuments fall across America, Trump gives a barn burner speech in defense of American history at Mount Rushmore, so the media simply lie about it. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Stand up for your digital rights. Take action at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, I hope that you had a wonderful and relaxing July 4th weekend. We did. It was really, really nice. And, you know, we socially distanced and we heard the fireworks that people were firing off illegally. And it was, it was a party. It was, it, was, it was great. Also, worth noting, hospitalizations are rising around the country from COVID-19. That is not a shock because we've seen an increased number of cases. The death rates continue to be incredibly low. So we are hoping and praying and crossing our fingers that we don't see a spike in the death rates. If the rates of infection continue to rise and the death rates continue to plateau, that's actually really good news. And the media seem not to be hoping for that. The media seem to be hoping that any moment we'll be overwhelmed. Now, the reality is that most hospitals are not overwhelmed at this point. Even the hospitals they're talking about, quote unquote, being overwhelmed are hospitals where the ICUs are now using some flex capacity. But the fact is that's because they had not been barring the elective surgeries up until the last week or so. So there are a lot of patients who are left over from elective surgeries. As of Houston, in Houston hospitals, as of last week, only about 25% of the beds were taken up in the ICUs by COVID-19 patients. Apparently, in some hospitals, that is now up to about 50% of the ICU beds. What that means is that they're going to cancel the elective surgeries again. In fact, they've already done this in certain parts of Florida, in certain parts of Arizona, in certain parts of California. So the hospital, the, the sort of hospital resources are not threatened yet at this point. Plus, we now know how to deal with this thing a lot better, which is really good. I mean, certain steps that have been taken by hospitals are significantly stronger in terms of fighting COVID-19 than they were even a few months ago. So anybody telling you we're in the same position that we were back in March is lying to you. It's just not true. Statistically speaking, it is not true. Medically speaking, we now know things we didn't know back then. Like, for example, try to keep people off the ventilators. Using ventilators was sort of a first line of attack at the very beginning. It turns out that that was counterproductive. Flipping people on their stomach has become a very effective practice, apparently. So his steroid use, there, there are a couple of therapeutic drugs that are now being used far more widely. The rates of death in hospitals, in other words, have gone down fairly radically. So I think we can all hope and pray together as Americans that even as the cases increase, we continue to see this plateauing of death because we are at the, we, yesterday on, on Sunday, we had the lowest level of death in the United States that we had had since about mid-March, since like March 23rd or something. So that is actually very, very good news. Okay, but that's not the big story of the day across America. The big story of the day across America continues to be the cultural revolution we are currently experiencing. Now, I have never seen, I, I will say this, I've seen the media gaslight a lot about President Trump. Gaslighting, for those who don't know, is a phrase that is, is a, a word that is used based on a movie from the 1940s called Gaslight. It's about a husband who marries a wife and then essentially gets bored with her and decides to get her to commit suicide by driving her crazy. So he always turns down the light on the, on the stairs, and then he will tell her that the light is not down on the stairs. That's, what, that's why it's called gaslight. He'll turn down the gaslight on the stairs, and then he will t and she'll say, is it darker? And he'll say, no, it looks fine to me. He'll do all sorts of little things around the house to make her think that she is crazy and therefore make her more suicidal, right? That is the movie from the 1940s, starts Ingrid Bergman. It's a very good little suspense thriller. Okay, that has become a term that is used in politics a lot when you see people who are saying things that are obviously not true, but with the full sincerity of saying that they are true. So over the weekend, President Trump gave a speech at Mount Rushmore. And we'll get to the speech in a little while because the speech was a barn burner. The speech is really, really good. Okay, I think it is the best speech that Trump has ever given. I think the speech was right on the money. We'll go through it in just a few minutes. But the media are totally gaslighting this thing. So they're suggesting two separate things about President Trump's speech, both of which are wildly inaccurate. The first line of attack is that Trump is just delusional, that all the stuff that he's talking about in his speech, as we'll see, did not happen. It's never happened. So when Trump talks about the destruction of American history or the cancel culture, all of this is a figment of his imagination. He's just sort of imagining this. Now, if you've been following the news for the last few months, you might say to yourself, wait, what? Like, what? what? Like, of course this stuff is real. We've been watching people talking openly about tearing down statues of George Washington. We've watched statues of Thomas Jefferson defaced and torn down. We've seen in multiple areas, statues of Christopher Columbus come down. In fact, over the weekend, there was a Columbus statue that was toppled by Baltimore protesters over the weekend in another act of vandalism. They, they just pulled the statue right down. You can see the people cheering wildly as the statue topples over, collapses on its head and splits in half. And then you see this group of woke protesters. What, achieve, what an achievement. Did they sail across an ocean and open up a continent to Western civilization? No, they pulled a, they pulled a piece of stone off a pedestal and now they're dancing around like maniacs and throwing the 
throwing the pieces in the harbor. All these woke white people who are cheering. Oh, oh, look at us. Look at us. We've made a difference in the world. Oh, oh, oh. It's something we'll tell our non-existent grandchildren about because we're never going to have kids, probably. It's re really just excellent, excellent stuff from these protesters. Over the weekend, we saw a monument to the Oregon Trail families demolished in Portland. So people who crossed the continent and made Portland a city, those people, they're, they're now pulling down the statues. By the way, if I have to hear again from protesters who I, I don't see any of them giving up their studio apartments to indigenous peoples, you know, they, they, they do this whole routine about how the settling of the Western United States was all about colonialism and invasion. And again, that's true, right? It's true. It's true that throughout human history, People have been colonialists throughout human history. People have been imperialists throughout human history. People have settled vast wildernesses. And let's be frank about this. The United States was largely a vast wilderness. Hey, they, yes, there were indigenous peoples, but in terms of the percentage of population to the amount of land, it was relatively depopulated. Okay, that does not mean that you get to steal other people's land, presumably, as a general moral principle. But let's just be real about this. That is the entire history of humanity. But there is this new fangled morality that says, okay, well, we have to condemn the existence of the United States because there were Native American peoples who were here before this, ignoring, of course, the fact that various tribes were, were, were stealing land from one another and attacking one another. And again, that, that is all of human history. That is not unique to Western civilization. It is all of human history for all time. And I will note, again, that all the same people who are suggesting that America is stolen land don't seem to be giving up their apartments anytime soon. I haven't seen any of them go over to the, the Native American tribes, local American tribes, and say, you know what? I, my, my parents own this apartment building. When I inherit it, guess what I'm doing? I'm giving it back to you, right? That, none of that is happening, of course. All these protests, virtue signaling means that you get to signal the virtue without actually having to do any of the things. So they've torn down a monument to the Oregon Trail families who made it possible for them to live in places like Portland. And by the way, who are incredibly brave. The pioneers were incredibly brave people. When is the last time you got in a covered wagon with no count them, no police protection, and then decided that you were just going to wander across a giant piece of land and take three months in doing so, fording the rivers and shooting the squirrels just like you did in the, in the game Oregon Trail. But don't worry, you are brave because you torched a monument to the people who did that sort of stuff. You're the real hero. You're the real hero. So here is the monument to Oregon Trail families being demolished over the weekend. Really well done. Those families were the bad guys. They, they, by the way, there's no evidence that that this particular family that is honored here was going around killing Native Americans. Maybe they just came out to a depopulated area and just put down a, a settlement. Who the hell knows? But apparently very, very bad. And people put on it a sign that said stolen land. This is stolen land. Okay, well, I, I very much look forward to you going back to your ancestral homeland of Europe, the white people who apparently put up the sign that says this is stolen land. And meanwhile, in the craziest statue toppling of the weekend, Apparently, a statue of Frederick Douglass was toppled. We still don't know who did this. Right? So there, there are people who are suggesting that maybe this is the alt-right in revenge, which would, of course, be absolutely disgusting. Frederick Douglass is one of the great heroes of American history, a freed slave who called upon the United States to fulfill its honorable proclamations in the Declaration of Independence. Talked about Frederick Douglass a lot right before July 4th on this show. Apparently, the Frederick Douglass statue in Maplewood Park was removed from its base overnight, and bits of the statue were scattered about the area. Apparently, it was eventually found in, in a ditch about 50 yards distant with one of the fingers broken. So it's unclear who, who did this sort of thing. Who the hell knows? Bottom line is the statues are, are being torn down. And let's be real about this. This is now a, a sort of mainstream, an increasingly mainstream Democratic position, is that these statues should come down. Like Joe Biden has taken the sort of halfway position, which is let's take down the Confederate statues, which again, I think in some cases is justifiable, but let's leave up the statues of Washington and Jefferson and Columbus, which is the mainstream American position. When I say it's halfway, what I mean is I don't believe him. I don't believe him. I don't believe that Joe Biden is going to fend off his left. I just don't think it's a thing that he's going to do. I think he is saying that for now because he knows that the American people are not with the program in terms of wiping away all of American history. But I think that increasingly the Democratic is with that program of wiping out all of American history. As I talk about my new book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps, comes out in about two weeks at this point. That is the goal. The goal is to wipe away American history, recast it as something dark and malicious and evil to recast America's Declaration of Independence is terrible. As we'll see, this is ongoing. This is ongoing. The great heroes of our time, like Colin Kaepernick, civil rights heroes like Colin Kaepernick, an extraordinarily rich quarterback who was perfectly fine with July 4th until he got benched for Blaine Gabbard, at which point July 4th became terrible. He spent the weekend just ripping on July 4th, as we'll get to. This is increasingly the position of the mainstream Democratic Party. We're going to get to more of this in just one second. First, Let's be frank about this. You're spending a lot of money on your cell phone. You really don't need to be spending a lot of money 
on your cell phone. By switching to Pure Talk USA, you can cut costs and free up cash on a monthly basis, starting with your wireless provider. Pure Talk covers 99% of Americans. The president and CEO of Pure Talk is a U.S. veteran who cares deeply about serving Americans by making wireless affordable. So start your saving today. Start saving today by dialing pound 250 and say keyword Ben Shapiro for unlimited talk, unlimited text, two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. Plus, you'll get 50% off your first month, which means it is now 10 bucks for your first month. I mean, that's what you're going to need. One of the reasons you're paying like 100 bucks a month is because you have the unlimited data. Are you really using the unlimited data? Probably not. What you need is the unlimited talk, the unlimited text, and two gigs of data, 20 bucks a month. Stop paying too much to big wireless providers. Switch to Pure Talk today. Say 50% off your first month. The coverage is just as good as any of the big wireless networks. Dial pound 250. Say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Again, dial pound 250. Say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro, and again, you get 50% off your very first month. Okay, so Tammy Duckworth, a senator who is now being considered as a possible Biden VP pick. Over the weekend, she's a senator from Illinois. She suggested that she was possibly willing to listen to talk about tearing down statues of George Washington. So here is Tammy Duckworth. Again, this is becoming an increase. Everything that starts off on the radical left eventually makes its way into the heart of the Democratic Party. And what the Democratic Party does, they play this game where the radical left says something crazy, like defund the police. And the Democratic Party goes, that's crazy, man. We're never going to do that. And then you look at your watch and about 73 seconds later, they're like, you know what? You know what? Maybe we should defund the police. So five seconds ago, Joe Biden was like, no, we probably shouldn't touch Washington or Lincoln or Jefferson. Five seconds ago, Barack Obama did a speech at Mount Rushmore, right? And now they're turning around. They're like, five seconds ago, by the way, Tammy Duckworth dressed up as Mount Rushmore for, for July 4th. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Okay, there's a tweet from her in 2015 talking about how as as a patriotic American, she's going to dress up as Mount Rushmore. And now she's like, well, maybe we should, you know, I don't want to put it out of consideration that maybe we should we should tear down statues of George Washington or something. Should statues, for example, of George Washington come down? Well, let me just say that we should start off by having a national dialogue. His priorities are all wrong here. He should be talking about what we're going to do to overcome this pandemic. What are we going to do to push Russia back? And instead, he had no time for that. He spent all his time talking about dead traitors. So that might be be true, but George Washington, Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody would call him a traitor. And there are Mm -hmm. moves by some to remove uh, statues of him. Is that a good idea? I think we should listen to everybody. We should listen to everybody. It's a mainstream Democratic position increasingly. Get rid of the monuments. That's an increasingly popular position in the Democratic Party, not just the Confederate statues, right? Dana Bash actually does a good job there. She clarifies. She says, are you talking about George Washington? She's like, I think we should listen to everybody. We should listen to... The reason I'm setting up this predicate, guys, is because what the media are about to say is that when Trump talks about it, it, didn't, it never happened. It never happened. It, just, it was all a lie. It just was made up. It's incredible. I mean, by the way, even there, you hear Tammy Duckworth lying. Hey, Tammy Duckworth is openly lying right there. She says Trump talked about Confederate statues over the weekend. He did not. At no point during his speech at Mount Rushmore did he mention anything about Confederate statues. In fact, as we'll see, all he discussed was the glory of abolitionism and the greatness of the Union. I mean, it's just that is a figment of your imagination. It's an open lie. It's an open lie what Tammy Duckworth is saying right there, which is that he paid tribute to dead traitors. There's a whole list of people, as we will see in Trump's speech that he mentioned by name. Not one of them is a traitor. Not one of them. Okay, so this is just that's insane. As we say, this is, con- this is a mission. Okay, the continuing destruction of America's history that I talk about at length in my book, that this continuing destruction of American history is a pace. Colin Kaepernick has now been made the social justice conscience of the NFL. This extraordinarily rich, mediocre quarterback at best. Okay, th- this extraordinarily privileged guy. This is a person of tremendous privilege. The man earned a million dollars from Nike for kneeling on an ad. Let's not pretend that this guy is not a beneficiary of the American system, Colin Kaepernick. It's insane. Hey, that guy who was posing in like communist regalia while he was in the NFL and wearing socks that had pictures of cops as pigs on them. And then he was kneeling for the anthem. And we were told, by the way, that when he was kneeling for the anthem, he was not, in fact, kneeling for the anthem. Remember, this was the line because everyone lies. He was not kneeling for the anthem. Remember, they said that he was just kneeling because he was upset about police brutality and systemic and systemic racism, right? It wasn't about the anthem. It wasn't disrespect to soldiers. It wasn't disrespect to the founding. It wasn't disrespect to the flag. It was about respect for the flag, of course, because he was just standing up for what's best about America. Except for yesterday, he over the weekend, he put up a tweet that said, black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized by America for centuries. 
and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors. We reject your celebration of white supremacy and look forward to liberation for all. And then he put up a video of all of these horrifying images from American history linked inherently with the, with things like police shootings, as though lynchings in 1920 are the same as a disputed case of a police shooting during a, during a stop, during a police stop. Hey, the, like this is the stuff that Colin Kaepernick is putting out while tweeting that Independence Day is inherently terrible and very, very bad. And what, what a delight Colin Kaepernick is. What a wonderful one. And, and the media are pushing this forward, by the way. The media love this stuff. They love it. By the way, the, the, the cancel culture comes for everybody, as we'll discuss, but the, the media love this stuff. CNN over the weekend. So Trump's speaking at Mount Rushmore and Trump and, and the CNN reporter. It's almost impossible to describe how insane this is from CNN. The CNN reporter starts talking about Mount Rushmore and discusses Mount Rushmore as stolen Native American land and a statue of at least two slaveholders. And the way that CNN creates its Chiron, the CNN Chiron says, re-examining Independence Day. They put independence in scare quotes. It's not Independence Day anymore, which, by the way, is the official name of the holiday, right? Under the law, under the U.S. Code, there's an actual section that discusses the establishment of holidays. It is called officially in the United States Independence Day. On CNN, however, it is scare quote Independence Day. Because not Independence Day, it's bad. July 4th is bad. Here's a CNN reporter trying to talk down at Mount Rushmore. Again, I'm, setting, I'm, I'm pointing out to you, you're not crazy. Don't be gaslit. You're not crazy. All this stuff was happening. Because now that Trump said that it was happening, the media's like, it never happened. It never happened. You imagined it. We never turned that gaslight down. We never did. The gaslight's always the same as it's ever been. There's no threat to America's history or her culture or her freedoms. There's no threat to any of those things. We're not trying to indoctrinate you in a view of America. No, we're not. You're just crazy. Hmm? Here is CNN over the weekend again, declaring Mount Rushmore a racist site of white supremacy. As Americans face a reckoning over racism, past and present, there's no message of healing from the White House. Instead, President Trump is calling a Black Lives Matter street mural a symbol of hate. And Jake, kicking off the Independence Day weekend, President Trump will be at uh, Mount Rushmore, where he'll be standing in front of a monument of two slave owners and on land wrestled away from Native Americans, told that uh, be focusing on the effort to, quote, tear down our country's history. Okay, tear down our country's history, but that's bad. He's going to quote, right? Scare quote that. They're going to scare quote tear, tear, tear down our country's history as you talk about how it's slaveholders on Mount Rushmore. Because again, people are being deliberately obtuse here. You're being deliberately obtuse. The reason that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington are on that monument is not because they're slaveholders. The idiocy of suggesting that when you build a memorial to people who did great things, what you're actually memorializing is all their worst things is the stupidest thing in the entire world. We have giant statues of Martin Luther King all over the United States. Nearly every state in the United States independently, independently created a Martin Luther King holiday before the federal holiday was passed. In fact, there's a massive, massive controversy in the United States in in the 1980s when a couple of states wouldn't do it. Okay, Martin Luther King, by available evidence, was horrible to women. Okay, there's there's very, very good evidence that Martin Luther King treated women abominably. Is that why we're, should we tear down his memorials? Of course not, because that's not why we remember Martin Luther King. Nobody thinks that when we memorialize Martin Luther King, what we're actually doing is memorializing all the ways he mistreated women. Like this, the insanity of suggesting that when you put up a statue to a person, what you're doing is you're honoring every single thing about the person. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous on its face. But again, the entire idea here is that the heart of the Jefferson experience is the slavery. The declaration is just a cover for it. The heart of George Washington was the fact that he was a slaveholder, not the fact that he was the father of the country. The heart of Abraham Lincoln is that Abraham Lincoln was in favor of Liberia, not that he was focused on emancipating the slaves. Right? That, that, is, the, that is the general tenor toward American history that so many people in the media, in our, in our academic culture, are seeking to take. And then you combine that with the cancel culture and you come up with something truly ugly. So as we'll see, again, I'm, I'm just foreshadowing because you need to know where I'm going here. Okay, the fact is that the cancel culture exists. It is extraordinarily ugly. It's particularly ugly for people on the left, actually, because if, if you're on the right, like I know conservatives are not interested in canceling other conservatives and they're not going to go along with this. If you're on the left, you probably will be canceled because your own crowd is going to flee from you screaming and running for the hills with their hair on fire the minute that you are called out as anything approaching a racist. That's the way that this works. But the left is going to claim that because Trump mentioned cancel culture at Mount Rushmore, it doesn't exist. Again, figment of your imagination. Gaslighting. We're going to get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about the fact that sleep is very difficult to come by these days. My baby is waking us up like eight times a night. 
It is a good thing she is cute because she is a trouble muffin. She is very much a child who keeps us awake at night. And then we got a six-year-old who wanders into our room and wants to wake up. Well, what do I mean? What does this matter? The reason it matters is because in those spare moments when I can get to sleep, I need to fall asleep immediately and I need to be comfortable. And Helix Sleep makes all of that happen. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Whether you're a side sleeper or a hot sleeper, whether you like a pleasure from bed, with Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. Helix Sleep is rated the number one mattress by GQ and Wired Magazine. CNN called it the most comfortable mattress they've ever slept on. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all mattress orders for our listeners. Again, get up to $200 off at helixsleep.com slash Ben. That is helixsleep.com slash Ben. My wife and I have a Helix Sleep mattress. It is why we are capable of getting through the day, despite the fact that our children are determined and they've, in fact, created a Molotov-Ribbentrop pact of keeping us awake at night. So we need this mattress. So do you. Helix Sleep, they're offering up to $200 off all mattress orders. HelixSleep.com slash Ben. HelixSleep.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so the cancel culture is real too. Okay, so you combine the perception of American history that all American history is evil and racist with the belief that if you do anything within the systems of the United States, you can fairly be labeled a racist, right? This is the how to be an anti-racist Ibram X. Kendi nonsense that the left has been pushing for the past several years, right? The idea being that if you are complicit in any system in America, you are a racist. Any system in America, even the most innocuous gestures get you canceled. Because after all, the most innocuous gestures are just generating support for this horrible, evil system that ends with inequality at the end point. And so that means it doesn't matter how left you are. It doesn't matter how good you have been on progressive issues. You will be canceled. Over the weekend, both Lynn manuel Miranda and Hamilton creator Jeffrey Seller were forced to apologize. Okay, they created Hamilton, which again, is a, a pretty astonishingly diverse musical. Right? I'm not a Hamilton fan. I've done a whole bit on Hamilton on the show before. I got problems with Hamilton, mostly from an artistic perspective. But even from a, a, the general perspective that you can only identify with people of your own race, playing people who are not of that race, I've always found bizarre. Like I grew up listening to 1776 and watching 1776, not a Jew among the bunch, but I never had a problem identifying with the characters. Just as, you know, if, if you watch a great movie with somebody who is not of your race, you routinely identify with people who are not of your race in the movies. In any case, putting, the, putting all of that aside, it's a, it's a very patriotic musical. I mean, the musical is about the greatness of America and about the establishment of America. Okay, well, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton creator Jeffrey Seller, according to Emily Zanotti at Daily Wire, were forced to apologize over the weekend for failing to adequately address the Black Lives Matter movement and for, quote, taking part in the moral failure of not speaking up amid the ongoing protests taking place across the nation over the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Miranda said in a video posted over the weekend to his Twitter account, we spoke out on the day of the Pulse shooting. We spoke out when my Vice President Pence came to our show 10 days after the election that we have not yet firmly spoken the inarguable truth that Black Lives Matter and denounced systematic racism and white supremacy from our official Hamilton channels is a moral failure on our part. This is what Miranda said. As the writer of that show, I take responsibility and apologize for my part in this moral failure. He added he was sorry for, quote, not pushing harder and faster for us to speak these self-evident truths under the Hamilton banner, which has come to mean so much to many of you. Hamilton doesn't exist without the black and brown artists who created and revolutionized and changed the world through the culture, music, and language of hip hop. Literally, the idea of the show doesn't exist without brilliant black and brown artists and our cast, crew, and production team who breathe life into this story every time it's performed. And then Seller also apologized. He said, I'm not a politician. I'm not an activist. I'm not an expert. I'm a theater producer. But what I realized today is most importantly, I'm an American citizen and silence equals complicity. And I apologize for my silence thus far. Silence equals complicity. Okay, so it doesn't matter how woke you are. It doesn't matter how progressive you are. It doesn't matter. You created one of the most successful pieces of art in modern American history entirely with people of color. It does not matter. None of that matters. You will be called out if you didn't dedicate the entire Hamilton webpage to George Floyd or something. Was anyone under the grave misimpression that Lin-Manuel Miranda or that any of the people who were originally involved in this thing were deeply racist and were standing with Derek Chauvin in that case? Like, who, who are these people? The cancel culture is real and it comes after everybody who's willing to cave to it. And it leads to some of the most bizarre outcomes imaginable. Another example. For years, this is according to the New York Times, people have been calling for John T. Edge to step down as head of the influential Southern Foodways Alliance. They say he is kingmaker. They say he's a white man, however charming, who has too much power over who tells the story of food in a region where so much of the cuisine was created by enslaved people. For years, Mr. Edge has been listening and remained in his position at the top. 
He said recently, I'll listen hard and with as much intensity as I can. Out of a moment of stern and righteous critique comes a better organization. The work we've done over the last 20 years is work that is true to our mission, work that despite flaws that I may see and others may see is intended to make progress and make positive change in a region I've always loved and sometimes hate. But listening might not be enough anymore. Before there were biscuits all over Brooklyn and barbecue pit masters made the list of America's best chefs. 50 cooks and writers shared a meal in Birmingham, Alabama in 1999 and created the Southern Foodways Alliance. The idea was subversive. With food as a lens, the organization aimed to preserve the intricacies of the Southern table in a way that would both erase the nation's corn-pone concepts about the region's food and help heal a tortured racist history. Now, people are calling for Edge, who's the founder of the organization to leave. Why? Is he not progressive? Because he's white. Because he's white. That's, that's literally the entire thing. That's the entire thing. A chorus of voices is rising. Mr. Edge, say his critics, is a statue that needs to come down. Author Lola's Eric Eli, 57, a founder of the organization, says, I view him as a dear friend and a close ally, but principles don't mean anything until they cost you something. And John T. is a man of great principle who may end up paying a great price in this context. According to Marcy Cohen-Ferris, 63, a former board president and professor emeritus at American Studies at UNC, University of North Carolina, what we have is a middle-aged man who, like so many progressive Southerners, has wrestled with the demons of his white Southern past and used that to help him build a better South. The reconciliation stance is no longer going to work in this nation. It's about economics and justice. This is it. This is the moment. So they're going to they're gonna force this guy. He's a progressive. They're going to force him out so that there can be a black person who takes his place. That's literally the entire thing. That's literally the entire thing. There's a guy who wants his job. Okay, and his name is Tunde Wei, a Nigerian-born chef and writer. And he wrote a piece talking about how he wanted Edge to step aside and give his position of power to an African-American woman. So I guess not. he, he doesn't want the job. He wants, a, he wants a black woman to take the job. And then days later, Ronnie Lundy, 70, a founder in the organization, wrote a pointed Facebook post and delivered a letter calling for him to step aside. Her litany of issues centered on sexism. She said that it was a bro culture she said it was 15 symposiums before women were selected as a focal point in 2013. So it doesn't matter how progressive you are. It doesn't matter what you believe. You'll be forced out if you are a participant in a system that has not been turned over to the right people, the people who are higher on the woke pyramid. How bad is this? The head of the college Democrats was forced to resign. Okay, the, four, the head of the college Democrats was a person of color, apparently. Her name is Michaela Guido. She was, I believe, of, of Hispanic descent. And she was forced to resign. Why? Well, in an open letter published Tuesday, 41 of the College Democrats' 47 federations, representing 39 states, D.C. and Puerto Rico, expressed solidarity with a black board member, Matthew Nowling, who is going to now take the place of the president. Why? Well, what they, they demanded the, the resignation of the president, commitments from every board member they would not run for re-election or accept any future leadership position within the College Democrats, and amendments to the organization's governing documents. Just before Guido stepped down on Wednesday afternoon, she appointed Nowling as vice president. So the person who was calling for her to leave, she appointed him as VP, and he accepted, meaning he takes over the organization. Members said that, what did she do wrong? Utterly unclear. The revolt began when Mr. Nowling, 21, announced his resignation from the board on Saturday. The open letter was first published with the signatures of 17 federations within hours that number had more than doubled. Mr. Nowling, a student at Denison University in Ohio who was elected to the board last year and began his term in September, said other members had routinely ignored his suggestions, demeaned him, and cast him as lazy and incompetent. Okay, so? Like, seriously, so? He says that these are racist tropes used against black people for generations to prevent them from advancing in the workplace. When he suggested the college Democrats host a town hall on diversity, he recalled in an interview on Tuesday, one board member laughed out loud. Others did not take the idea seriously until a white member backed him up. A board member once mocked his clothing as cheap and suggested he take it back to the thrift store. On another occasion, a state federation leader complained he focused too much on black issues. Nelling said that Guido had been complicit. Guido is a law student at University of Florida. She said she wasn't even aware of the allegations until he told her he was resigning and she had urged the offending board members to resign as soon as she found out, but it wasn't enough. Then she resigned. Then she resigned. She said, I may not be the person membership feels represents them currently. I may need to make space for someone who does. The, cancel, the cancelings will continue until morale improves. By the way, one of the Boeing chiefs, the Boeing communications chief, has now been forced out of his job. Why? Because 33 years ago, he wrote a piece arguing women shouldn't be in combat. Hey, that's like a hot topic right now. Okay, the question of 
how far women should serve in combat, considering that the average woman is less physically strong than the average male. I mean, this is like an open issue. Okay, it's an open issue in Israel, like which positions? And Israel has one of the most integrated bisex forces on planet Earth, right? The IDF is very integrated between men and women. There are specific areas where women generally do not serve in the IDF, as far as my understanding. So this is a very hot issue now. He wrote this 33 years ago, 33 years ago, and they ousted him from Boeing. He said, my argument was embarrassingly wrong and offensive. The article is not a reflection of who I am. Nonetheless, I've decided in the interest of the company, I will step down. He said, at issue is not whether women can fire M60s, dogfight MiGs, or drive tanks. Introducing women into combat would destroy the exclusively male intangibles of warfighting and the feminine, feminine images of what men fight for, peace, home, and family. Okay, like, not the best, but also, like, the very, the, by the way, the, the, one, of the, one of those aspects is not necessarily the best, but the, the, the latter part of that sentence. But the stuff about, like, how you have male camaraderie and that women don't necessarily fit directly into male camaraderie is 100% true. And if you reverse the sexes, it would obviously be true in reverse as well. That if you introduce a bunch of men into an all-women's group, it changes the math a little bit, right? Pretending there's no difference between the sexes is very, very silly. But even if you think that guy was wrong, it was 33 years ago, 33 years ago, with a perfectly legitimate general argument about women in combat positions. Okay, like what in the world? What in the actual F? The best example of this, the best example of a canceling, I, I love this. This is fantastic. So New York's education, New York City's education council is apparently just a complete bleep show. So there was a, a hearing and everybody is socially distancing right now. So they did this all online. And during the meeting, one board member of the New York City Education Council had a friend's kid over, the friend's nephew or something. And the kid is a, is a kid of, of color. I'm not sure what the kid is non-white. The kid. the kid is either black or Hispanic, I believe. And the board member takes the kid and puts the kid on his lap while in the middle of the meeting. And a board member named Robin Broshi then starts scre- a white person starts screaming at this guy that he is forwarding racism by having a, col- a, a, a child of color on his lap in a New York City Education Council meeting. And here's what it sounded like. It hurts people when they see a white man bouncing a brown baby on their lap and they don't know the context. That is harmful. That makes people cry. It makes people log out of our meetings. They don't come here. Read Ibram Kendi. Read White Fragility. Read How to Talk to White People. No, 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 it's not my job to educate you. You're an educated white man. And you can read a book. My friend is going to educate. And this is why no one should ever read Robin DiAngelo. Ever, 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 ever. Ever, ever. So what does, so Joe Biden, he says that he's going to transform the nation, right? This is his pledge. He tweeted out that he is going to transform the nation. He said, we're going to beat Donald Trump. And when we do, we won't just rebuild this nation, we'll transform it. And so there are many of us who look at what's going on in the country. We say, well, I wonder what you mean by transforming the country, slow old Joe. What do you mean? Do you mean that you're in favor of listening to the folks who want to tear down Washington statues? Or do you mean that you're in favor of a cancel culture that goes after people for the great sin of being white in progressive organizations? Like, what exactly are we talking about here? Do you mean that you want to destroy, like so many on your radical left flank do, America's history, her culture, her notion of philosophy? Like, where, where are you going to, are you going to be the bulwark against the radical left here? Because understand, for a lot of people, whatever Trump's flaws, whatever Trump's problems, and believe me, I have detailed them extensively on this program. Whatever the problems you have with Donald Trump, the vast majority of people who support Trump support Trump not because they believe that Trump is some sort of incredibly pure human being. They believe that he is a bulwark against what's coming. It is that simple. And the more radical the left is, the more they see Trump as just the guy standing in the breach. Okay, so against that backdrop, Trump goes to Mount Rushmore and he gives what I think is the most important speech of his presidency. I thought it was nearly letter perfect. I really did. I thought it was a great speech. Now, I wish that he had given a little bit more of a nuanced version of American history, but that's really my only critique. The, the, generalized, the, the generalized theme of the speech is exactly right. I don't know who wrote this one, but this is probably the best speech he's ever given. It wasn't delivered, the best that he's ever delivered a speech, because whenever you get tele, teleprompter Trump, he's not as exciting and fun as the guy who goes to rallies and sort of riffs about going downstairs and stuff. But it was, it was a really well-written speech. And if people were honest in the slightest about this, they would recognize that what he's saying ought to be utterly uncontroversial, but it is not. And so again, we get the two media narratives that are going to come out of the speech. We're going to play a lot of the speech now. We're going to get the two media narratives that come out of the speech and keep them in the back of your mind. Okay, keep, keep them in your mind so you know that when you're listening to the speech, you can spot the lies just by listening to the speech. One is everything he's criticizing isn't happening. Right? It's all a lie. 
It's all, he's, the gaslight is not turned down. It's all a lie. It's a figment of his imagination. That's line number one. And then line number two is that the president of the United States was doing all of this in order to honor Confederates. That this whole speech was truly about saving Confederate memorials, which is more solid ground for Democrats, right? They claim that they want to remove Washington statues. Most Americans are like, no, not up for it. They say they want to remove a statue of Stonewall Jackson. People are like, okay, maybe. Okay, but Trump at no point did any of that. So the media are just lying about this. They called the speech dark. They called it depressing. It is nothing of the sort. Nothing. Nothing. I've rarely seen a case of the media openly lying, like openly. Usually they try to hide it. This is just open lying. They assume, like everybody else assumes, that you're not going to listen to Trump's speech. They assume you're not going to sit through a half hour, 35 minute speech from the president of the United States, and you'll just read the headline from the Washington Post or the New York Times. That's the assumption. And so they run headlines like these. Okay, this was the LA Times headline. At Mount Rushmore, Trump uses 4th of July celebration to stoke a culture war, right? He started it. He started the culture war. Not the people tearing down statues and getting white progressives fired from their positions and cleansing newsrooms of the evil editors who run Tom Cotton op-eds and using universities to bat, to, to, to hurl brickbats at particular professors, to rewrite American history, to suggest that the Declaration of Independence is a document of evil and that July 4th, is not Independence Day, but is Repression Day. He didn't, Trump started the culture war. The LA Times at Mount Rushmore, Trump uses 4th of July celebration to stoke a culture war. New York Times, Trump uses Mount Rushmore speech to deliver a divisive culture war message. He started it, right? Associated Press, these are, again, remember, these are objective news reports. Associated Press, Trump pushes racial division, flouts virus rules at Rushmore. As you'll see, there's not a word of racial division in the speech. Not one. Not one iota at all. Zero zip zilch. Washington Post and Mount Rushmore, Trump exploits social divisions, warns of left-wing cultural revolution in dark speech ahead of Independence Day. Robert Costa at the Washington Post tweeted out, President Trump's unyielding push to preserve Confederate symbols, which he didn't mention not a one time in this entire speech, and the legacy of white domination, the legacy of white domination, was crystallized by his harsh denunciation of the racial justice movement Friday night at Mount Rushmore. Okay, if you would just read these, honestly, if you would just read these headlines, what you would come away with is this is a fascist speech. In fact, there are a bunch of people who hate Trump, of course, who said exactly that, right? Jennifer Rubin, ha ha ha, the so-called conservative columnist, she, she finally removed it from her Washington Post profile. She says it was a darkly aggressive and fascistic speech positing that his enemies want to destroy America and eradicate his history and, and eradicate its history. Well, hold up. They literally want to destroy America and eradicate its history. That's not the only reason to oppose Trump. Many of Trump's opponents don't want to do that. But there are some opponents of Trump, many, who do, in fact, want to eradicate America's history and destroy the country. Okay, Max Boot, another one of these former never-Trumpers. And again, I say that advisedly because I didn't vote for Trump in 2016. But there's a bunch of people who are driven completely off the, off the deep end. Max Boot wrote a piece today titled, Trump is running an openly racist campaign. He said the speech was openly racist, openly racist. He says, in his Friday night speech at Mount Rushmore, Trump unveiled a new set of enemies that he prefers to battle instead until November. His supporters ignored the actual dangers they face as they packed in, mainly without masks, to listen to Trump invade against largely imaginary foes. Right, there's the gaslighting. It's imaginary. None of this exists. None of this exists. It's, it's, all, it's all imaginary, guys. It's all in your head. What in the heck is he talking about? Says Max Boot. Only someone who binge watches Fox News, in scare quotes, as Trump does, can imagine that violent hordes are marauding through U.S. cities. Most of the demonstration occurred weeks ago, and they were overwhelmingly peaceful. Okay, now you're, okay, now you're just crazy. Now what you're saying, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be gaslit this way. I was locked in my house at 6 p.m. every night for a week because marauding whores were burning Melrose, uh, Melrose Avenue. Don't give me that it was mostly peaceful crowds were shutting down the entire city of Los Angeles. In fact, the entire county of Los Angeles at 6 p.m. every night and Beverly Hills at 1 p.m. Okay, that's just absolute sheer nonsense. Or that millions of political dissidents are being fired for disagreeing with the new far-left fascism. No one said millions, but a lot, a lot. And by the way, you don't have to fire that many people for people to get the, to get the threat. I can't tell you how many, I, I probably received at this point hundreds of emails from people saying, I want to speak out against something happening in my company. I'm dead afraid to do it. I mean, we get calls like this on our radio show every single day, multiple a day. People saying, my company just did something crazy. I'm afraid to speak out about it because if I do speak out about it, I'm going to get fired. But it's all a figment of your imagination. All a figment. So those are the two lines. He's a fascist, a deep, evil, racist fascist, and it's all a figment of your imagination. Never happened. Okay, we're going to get to Trump's speech, which was great. It is a good speech. It is a very good speech. And you actually have to listen to the speech. For all you morons who just read the headlines and don't actually listen to the speech, 
Listen to the speech. We'll get to it in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that hiring these days can be quite difficult, and there are a lot of different applicants. How do you choose the right one? And if you are an employee who's looking for an employer, right, one of the people who was unfortunately thrown out of work because of COVID, and now you're looking for a new job, and maybe you're looking to upgrade and get a better job, ZipRecruiter is for you. Now, Housing Wire could relate. They needed to hire an ambitious reporter to cover news stories on the U.S. mortgage and housing markets, so they turned to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's smart matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. And that's how Housing Wire found Alexandra Roja. Alexandra never imagined she, she, she could get a reporter job in the midst of COVID-19, but she could. She created a profile on ZipRecruiter, and she became, she became Housing Wire's reporter just within like hours. Housing Wire receives her application four hours after they posted the job. A few weeks later, Alexandra started her dream job. ZipRecruiter helped Alexandra find her dream job and they can do the exact same thing for you. There's a reason we at Daily Wire use ZipRecruiter, not only so we can get the best employees, so we can also threaten our currently unpalatable ones. See how ZipRecruiter can help you hire. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Go check them out right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. Okay, we'll get to President Trump's speech in a moment. Because again, when you juxtapose the lies being told about the speech with the actual speech, it's absolutely astonishing. We'll get to that in a moment. First, if you're not already a Daily Wire member, you should consider getting a reader's pass to dailywire.com. It is a great value. It's three bucks a month. And when you sign up, you get that first month for 99 cents under a dollar. You also get access to our mobile app, articles ad-free, access to exclusive editorials like mine from last week. Totalitarian mob style unity isn't unity at all. If you haven't checked out the reader's pass already, go to dailywire.com, sign up for just $1. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so now, here's President Trump's speech. So President Trump goes to Mount Rushmore. There are a couple of things about the speech that you know we should mention up front. I have suggested for a while that President Trump is doing something that is politically unwise when he has these mass rallies where a lot of people are not wearing masks. It just gives the media an excuse to blame these, the, the COVID-19 spread on him after spending weeks pretending that if you're protesting for the right reasons, then you're immune to COVID. There's a story over the weekend that bubonic plague has broken out in China, which is very scary until you realize that as long as we are protesting systemic American racism, we're all fine. It doesn't matter. If you go out in the streets and people have, have the buboes and they've got like the big old, they've got, the, the, they've got, they've got all, of the, all of the various accoutrements of bubonic plague, everything is totally fine so long as you are protesting the right cause. As long as you're kneeling on the American flag, everything is totally cool. So... That, that comforted, me, comforted me a little bit. But if you go to a Trump rally, then you might get bubonic plague. Okay, that's the media's narrative. It's not wise to play into that. But the speech itself is very good. And it points out the key problem in American society, which is, yes, there are a group of people in America right now who wish to see the union disintegrated. There are a group of people, I call them disintegrationists in my new book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps, who want to see America's history, her philosophy, her culture destroyed. They want to see it wiped away. They do. This is not a figment of your imagination, and you're not crazy for believing it. All you have to do is talk to a college student who has been studying Howard Zinn with their idiot professor. All you have to do is watch CNN, where they put Independence Day in scare quotes. All you have to do is listen to Senator Tammy Duckworth, a sitting United States senator, shift her position on Mount Rushmore from, I'm going to celebrate Mount Rushmore five years ago, to maybe we should think about whether we need to pull down statues of George Washington. Nancy Pelosi, by the way, has said we ought to have those conversations as well. Yes, there is a move afoot, a very strong move to rewrite America's history, to rewrite the constitutional bargain, and to tear apart whatever semblance of unity we could possibly hold. Okay, so against that backdrop, that's what Trump is speaking against. He did not start this fight. This fight was already going on before he entered office. In fact, Trump was the reaction to that. Trump was the reaction to the attempted rewriting of American history as evil and terrible and no good and very bad. The 1619 Project, which came about during Trump's presidency and was a reaction in large part to Trump, it's not as though the predicate for that hasn't been laid over the past decade. It's just warmed over Howard Zinn. And it's very clear with the 1619 Project and all of its inglorious, terrible historic retellings, what it is. Okay, this has been an ongoing culture war for a very long time. Trump arrives and it kicks into high gear. So Trump speaks about it. He starts off by saying something Absolute, what should be absolutely uncontroversial and would be from any other president, right? Which is, America is pretty damned great. And guess what? The men on the mountain were great men. That doesn't mean that they were sinless men, but they were great men. And pointing out they were great men does not mean that you have to overlook their sins. Here was President Trump talking about this yesterday. There could be no better place to celebrate America's independence than beneath this magnificent, incredible, majestic mountain monument to the greatest Americans who have ever lived. 
Today, we pay tribute to the exceptional lives and extraordinary legacies of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, and Teddy Roosevelt. I am here as your president to proclaim before the country and before the world, this monument will never be desecrated. These heroes will never be defaced. Their legacy will never, ever be destroyed. Their achievements will never be forgotten. And Mount Rushmore will stand forever as an eternal tribute to our forefathers and to our freedom. Now, what's hilarious to me about the media reaction to this is that Trump is talking about people who literally are calling for the destruction of Mount Rushmore. Right? They've actually talked about this. They've said that Mount Rushmore is bad. There have been headlines from the Washington Post and the New York Times in the last week saying it's on stolen Native American territory, which, again, the New York Times is located in, last I checked, Manhattan, which was, which was bought for a few beads. Okay, so the New York Times is free to hand over its, its building anytime it wants to Native tribes. I do not think they're going to do that anytime in the near future. It's very expensive territory. But the media have said, well, who wants to tear down Mount Rushmore? Nobody wants to tear down Mount Rushmore. Right? How, could, how could you even imply that people want to tear down Mount Rushmore? The same people who are upset with the implication that Trump is making, that people want to tear down Mount Rushmore, cannot understand why anybody would be upset with the sloganeering about Black Lives Matter because many of us are upset with the implication that there are a bunch of people in America who think Black Lives don't matter. Right? That's the objection that people have to saying Black Lives Matter. Not that they don't think Black Lives Matter, but that they are annoyed by the implication that there are a bunch of Americans who think Black Lives don't matter. So the media read deeply into every implication that Trump says and then ignore the fact that his implications happen to be true while at the same time ripping on conservatives who suggest that the implications of certain phrases are unsupported by evidence. Okay, Trump continues along these lines and he talks up July 4th. Again, all of this stuff is wildly uncontroversial. Now, okay, I want you to, let's see if you can spot it. Can you spot the darkness here? The darkness and the malevolence and the calls for racial division? Anywhere in here? I'm gonna play a lot of clips of President Trump now. See if you can spot it anywhere because I gotta be honest with you, I'm missing it because I have eyes and I have ears and these things function. So if I'm not, I feel like I, I feel like I would get it if it were there. I feel like I would. Here's President Trump talking up July 4th, which here's the here's the reality. People think that he's racist because he's talking up July 4th. Right? They, they actually agree with Colin Kaepernick. They think that Independence Day is bad and evil, which means that Trump is correct. Here's President Trump. We gather tonight to herald the most important day in the history of nations, July 4th, 1776. At those words, every American heart should swell with pride. Every American family should cheer with delight. And every American patriot should be filled with joy. Because each of you lives in the most magnificent country in the history of the world. And it will soon be greater than ever before. Why is this, why is this controversial? President Obama used to say this kind of stuff all the time. It was not the end of the world. Trump says it, and it's apparently the end of the world because they can read the seething racism pouring out of his orange head. He's a bad orange man. So everything he says, he can say the exact same words as Barack Obama in the exact same way. And it's like, well, but Obama meant because he, he was bending the moral arc of history toward justice. But Donald Trump, but Donald Trump, he's evil, evil man, very evil. Here's President Trump talking up the founding fathers and saying a true thing. Our founders launched not only a revolution in government, but a revolution in the pursuit of justice, equality, liberty, and prosperity. No nation has done more to advance the human condition than the United States of America. And no people have done more to promote human progress than the citizens of our great nation. Okay, so the speech is beautifully written. It's not like incredibly well delivered here, but it doesn't matter. The, the president's message is spot on. And the fact that no Democrat would give the speech is incredibly telling. It's incredibly telling. There is nothing controversial in this speech. There is nothing that should be controversial in the speech. Here's President Trump suggesting that the 56 patriots who gathered in Philadelphia were good, were doing a good thing, which again, if you're living in America and experience the glories of its benefits, you should recognize, okay? And we all are, okay? The greatest privilege on planet Earth right now is being an American. That is a privilege, okay? That is a privilege. Not white privilege, not wealth privilege. Living in the United States is a privilege. And if you don't believe me, try living, try living in China and see how it goes for you. Truly. There are true repressive places on earth. America is not one of them. Here's the president. It was all made possible by the courage of 56 patriots 
who gathered in Philadelphia 244 years ago and signed the Declaration of Independence. They enshrined a divine truth that changed the world forever when they said, all men are created equal. These immortal words set in motion the unstoppable march of freedom. Our founders boldly declared that we are all endowed with the same divine rights given us by our Creator in heaven. And that which God has given us, we will allow no one ever to take away, ever. Okay, so again, nothing controversial here. Are you hearing the darkness? Are you hearing the despair? Are you hearing the racial division? I'm not. Okay, so here's where President Trump starts going after the people who are actually attempting to tear down American history, the people I call disintegrationists in the book, right? And here's where he goes after them. His characterization of them is accurate. He's not making it up. It's not out of his head. It's not, it's not him creating figments of his imagination or fake enemies, as Max Boot suggests. How do I know that? Because I just spent I just spent half an hour describing to you just the stuff that happened over the weekend that proves that what he is saying is not fake. Hey, here's the president talking about people who wish to destroy our common history. 1776 represented the culmination of thousands of years of Western civilization and the triumph of not only spirit, but of wisdom, philosophy, and reason. And yet, as we meet here tonight, there is a growing danger that threatens every blessing our ancestors fought so hard for, struggled, they bled to secure. Our nation is witnessing a merciless campaign to wipe out our history, to fame our heroes, erase our values, and indoctrinate our children. Angry mobs are trying to tear down statues of our founders, to face our most sacred memorials and unleash a wave of violent crime in our cities. Many of these people have no idea why they're doing this, but some know exactly what they are doing. They think the American people are weak and soft and submissive. But no, the American people are strong and proud, and they will not allow our country and all of its values, history, and culture to be taken from them. Okay, so which part of that's false? There are angry mobs trying to tear down statues of the founders. They're literally doing it, like right now. Also, they are trying to erase our values and defame our heroes and, and do all of these things and indoctrinate our kids. And we talk about that, like, where's the, where's the lie? Show me the lie. Okay, then the president goes on and he describes cancel culture, which again is absolutely real. It is a, and if you don't believe me that it's real, ask the former editor of Bon Appetit, ask the guy who from the Southern Food Association who's currently being canceled, ask the former editor of the Philadelphia Inquirer or the former op-ed editor over at the New York Times. Why don't you ask Nicholas Christakis over at Yale because he's not at Yale anymore or Brett Weinstein over at Evergreen State College. He's not ever at Evergreen State College anymore. Ask Brendan Eich over at Mozilla Firefox. Yes, these things are real. Cancel culture is quite real. It is very, very real. Okay, and it comes for us all sooner or later. My, my suggestion has been we just all cancel. Let's just declare a universal canceling. And then if everybody is canceled, nobody is canceled. But the president goes after cancel culture, which is ugly and terrible. And again, show me the lie. You can't. It's real. One of their political weapons is cancel culture, driving people from their jobs, shaming dissenters, and demanding total submission from anyone who disagrees. This is the very definition of totalitarianism, and it is completely alien to our culture and to our values, and it has absolutely no place in the United States of America. So naturally, the media wish to ignore what Trump is saying here. So instead, what they decide that they're going to do is just point out that he can't pronounce totalitarianism in that, in that particular clip. Right? That, that's the key. That's the key. They're going to say cancel culture doesn't exist. Literally, there, there are people online whose entire job is to try and cancel other people. And, and literally, their entire job this is all they do all day long is they try and find a way to cancel members of the media they don't like or outlets they don't like. And then they tweet out things like cancel culture isn't real. I am not kidding you. This is a real thing that happens. Okay, so... Again, show me the lie. Spot the lie. And spot the divisive, spot the divisive, race of, uh, the, the divisive racial language. Okay, it, where's the division? Where, where is it? I, I'm missing it. He but according to the media, he declared the culture war. Not only did he declare the culture war, the speech was about defending Confederate monuments. I'm not kidding. This is what they said. 
And they said that this was a dark, divisive, and horrible speech. Here is the president suggesting, correctly, that cancel culture has now infused most of our major institutions. In our schools, our newsrooms, even our corporate boardrooms, there is a new far-left fascism that demands absolute allegiance. If you do not speak its language, perform its rituals, recite its mantras, and follow its commandments, then you will be censored, banished, blacklisted, persecuted, and punished. It's not going to happen to us. Make no mistake, this left-wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. In so doing, they would destroy the very civilization that rescued billions from poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and that lifted humanity to new heights of achievement, discovery, and progress. To make this possible, they are determined to tear down every statue, symbol, and memory of our national heritage. Correct. Correct. And this is all right. It's obviously true. And, but again, the gaslighting continues apace. And then he talks about how they've rewritten American history, which, of course, is correct. And he talks about how any movement that seeks to dismantle uh, these treasured American legacies can't really love America. What they want to do is transform America, which, by the way, is the language that Joe Biden then pr- purposefully used over the weekend. Right? Trump said these people want to transform America. And that's what Joe Biden says he wants to do is transform America. Now, here's the most amazing thing. People called this speech racist. They said it was racist. Okay, I'm going to play a clip now that is not only not racist, it is openly anti-racism, right? Um, So here's President Trump saying, speaking universal principles from our Declaration of Independence. And again, you tell me, where's the white supremacist message here? I've been told that this is a white supremacist speech. See if you can spot the white supremacist message embedded in this particular clip. We will state the truth in full without apology. We declare that the United States of America is the most just and exceptional nation ever to exist on Earth. We are proud of the fact that our country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles, and we understand that these values have dramatically advanced the cause of peace and justice throughout the world. We know that the American family is the bedrock of American life. We believe in equal opportunity, equal justice, and equal treatment for citizens of every race, background, religion, and creed. Every child of every color, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of God. We want free and open debate, not speech codes and cancel culture. We embrace tolerance, not prejudice. We support the courageous men and women of law enforcement. We will never abolish our police or our great Second Amendment, which gives us the right to keep and bear arms. We believe that our children should be taught to love their country, honor their history, and respect our great American flag. We stand tall, we stand proud, and we only kneel to almighty God. Does that sound dark and terrible to you? Any of that? If it does, then I think that you're getting America wrong because that seems like pablum, right? I mean, that, that is perfect. That, that, is, that is honestly just bumper sticker stuff that every American should believe, right? That's like the easiest thing in the world. That's the stuff you learn about America when you're in third grade, right? We want free and open bait. We like tolerance, not prejudice. We support law enforcement. We don't want to abolish the police. We think people should love the country. Like this is, this is very easy stuff. This is American as apple pie, motherhood is good kind of stuff. Where is the racism in, we believe in equal opportunity, equal justice, and equal treatment for citizens of every race, background, religion, and creed. Every child of every color, born and unborn, is made in the holy image of God. Is that racist to you? Because I was told this speech was a racist, fascistic speech. You're going to have to explain it to me. Really, I'm missing it. By the way, he then talked about Martin Luther King, I think three separate times in the speech. Three separate times in the speech. And then he talked, he gave a list of people he considered American heroes. And in this list of people he considered American heroes, he names... And we'll count them. One, Fred, okay, Frederick Douglass, the Tuskegee Airmen, Harriet Tubman, Jesse Owens, Louis Armstrong, Muhammad Ali, 
because he names at least six, at least six black Americans. Also, I believe he, he, I think he name checked Ella Fitzgerald too. So that's seven black Americans plus Martin Luther King, who he name checked, I think three times in the speech. So in this deeply racist speech, he name checks eight black people. Okay, the, clearly this man is a vicious, vicious racist. Clearly he's a vicious, vicious racist. Hey, here, again, this is all perfectly obvious stuff. Okay, it, it, the, the notion that this is a racist, fascistic speech is insane. It's insane, I'm sorry. And it's, and it's obviously a lie. He says at one point, this is a clip 20. He says, we must demand our children are taught once again to see America as did Martin Luther King. Here is, here is clip 13. We must demand that our children are taught once again to see America as did Reverend Martin Luther King when he said that the founders had signed a promissory note to every future generation. Dr. King saw that the mission of justice required us to fully embrace our founding ideals. Those ideals are so important to us. The founding ideals. He called on his fellow citizens not to rip down their heritage, but to live up to their heritage. Above all, our children from every community must be taught that to be American is to inherit the spirit of the most adventurous and confident people ever to walk the face of the earth. Sounds really dark and depressing, right? Dark, depressing, terrible, fascistic, racist, standing up for Confederate monuments, which you never mentioned not once in the entire speech, in which you discussed abolitionism and Abraham Lincoln multiple times. The media's lies are truly astonishing. And you know what the media's lies are really about? Really, in the end, they're about misdirection. They're about misdirection from true problems occurring in the country because it is more comfortable to talk about tearing down the system than it is to, to talk about real problems that are afflicting real people in the United States. Over the weekend, a seven-year-old girl was shot to death in Chicago. This isn't misdirection by me. This is a real issue. This is a dead person. It is a dead child. And apparently, it doesn't deserve to be at the top of the news. What deserves to be at the top of the news is vague charges of systemic racism by police and defund the police, and the police are the bad guys. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, a seven-year-old girl died Saturday after being shot at a family 4th of July party in Austin, the third weekend in a row in Chicago that's seen a child under 10 among the city's shooting victims. Clearly, this is all about the white supremacist system, right? And that's what we should be focusing on. The girl was playing on a sidewalk around 7 p.m. in the 100 block of North Latrobe Avenue when three men got out of a white car and shot more than 20 times in the direction of the people holding the party. A group, the police said, included many children. Oh, well, the police said it must have been the cops. Probably it was the cops. The kids were riding by on bicycles, enjoying the 4th of July as they should have been, said Fred Waller, the Chicago Police Department's chief of operations. The girl, identified by her family as Natalia Wallace, was shot in the forehead and pronounced dead at Stroger Hospital. An autopsy ruled her death a homicide. And there's a picture of her, obviously, beautiful little girl. It's just, there are actual problems in this country, guys, and you're not facing them down. You're not interested in them. You're too busy calling Trump a racist for a speech that is not racist. You're too busy suggesting that American history is a horror show and that July 4th is all about the repression of black people. And doing, what, have you, what did you do today to stop that shooting? Seriously, what did you do today? I want to hear about it. I hear Black Lives Matter from the Black Lives Matter protesters. What did you do today to stop that shooting? Because on a statistical level, the people you ought to be worried about are the people who are murdered every day in places like Chicago. That doesn't mean you have to ignore police brutality. Police brutality should never be ignored. It doesn't mean that we should ignore a racial shooting if you find one. They're extremely rare if you can find one by the cops. It doesn't mean we should ignore one bad thing to focus on another thing. It does mean the lack of proportionality in terms of our attention does suggest something about your underlying view of the United States. Okay, over the weekend, an eight-year-old child was murdered near that Wendy's in Atlanta. Remember, how much time have we spent in this country talking about Rayshard Brooks? Right, Rayshard Brooks is the man who attacks two police officers, stole a taser off one, fired at an officer, fired at another officer before he was shot, generated a national news story, a national news story. How much attention do you think is going to be paid to an eight-year-old child who was murdered near Wendy's in Atlanta yesterday? And by the way, you want to talk about a horrifying story. Apparently, this happened right near the Wendy's. What exactly happened? Well, the police identified the girl as Sikoraya Turner. She was shot as she and her mom tried parking in a liquor store lot near an armed civilian's barricade around the Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was killed. So the car was stopped by criminals who then shot into the car and murdered a child and murdered a child. When the driver attempted to enter a liquor store parking lot on the 1200 block of Prior Road, police say he was confronted by a group of armed individuals who had blocked the entrance. By the way, the, the Democrats are considering the mayor of Atlanta as a possible VP, VP candidate for Joe Biden. 
Protesters had recently erected illegal barricades, according to authorities, encircling the nearby Wendy's where Rayshard Brooks was shot and killed by an Atlanta police officer last month. At some point during the confrontation, according to the mayor, she said at least two men fired multiple times at the vehicle, killing an eight-year-old girl. Well done. Well, but, but it's the, the cops are the problem. Clearly, we need fewer cops in Atlanta. That would solve the problem. The parents of this little girl were on, were, were on the news talking about this, saying, you say Black Lives Matter, and then you killed a child. Like, the footage is heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. They say Black Lives Matter. You killed your own. You killed your own this time. Just because of burial. They killed my baby because she crossed the barrier and made a U-turn. You killed a child. She ain't do nothing to nobody. They didn't give us time to make a U-turn. They started shooting on my car before we could even make a U-turn. Shooting my tires out like, why? With Black Lives Matter. Okay, this is not, we should, we should never, we should never ignore problems that are happening when it comes to, again, police brutality or racism or anything like that. Nobody wants to, including police officers. I know many of them. None of them want brutality and racism in their ranks. Okay, there are a few of them who are bad people, just like in every profession that has hundreds of thousands of employees, they're bad people. But the amount of attention that we in the United States are paying to the evils of police officers when the solution to problems like the one you're having in Chicago or Atlanta is more police, not fewer, it demonstrates an underlying view of the country that is simply untenable and wrong. All righty. Well, we'll be back here tomorrow with more content. Go check us out at dailywire.com. You can pre-order a copy of my new book, How to Destroy America in Three Easy Steps, over there. There, otherwise, we'll see you later. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, executive producer Jeremy Boring, supervising producer Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, technical producer Austin Stevens, playback and media operated by Nick Sheehan, associate producer Katie Swinnerton, edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey, everyone, it's Andrew Clavin, host of The Andrew Clavin Show. Donald Trump delivers the greatest speech of his presidency, and the left writhes and shrieks and spits venom like a demon. Has the great exorcism begun? Brothers and sisters, let us pray. We'll talk about it on The Andrew Clavin Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 